I'm back. I've got a new toy to play with, and I've got my best friend on the show, and she and I are going to exchange some old strip club stories. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ninja Nerd Warrior podcast for April 26, 2023. I am your host, Greg Hernandez, and yes, I am back. I've got a new toy to play with. Uh, my brother bought me a Zoom PodTrack P4. This thing is the shit. It is awesome. It is going to make recording so much more fun. On top of that, I, I'm, I'm just plugging the shit out of it for free, aren't I? Anyway, here's the best part. I can hook up my phone to this thing either through a cable or a Bluetooth connection, and I can now do phone interviews. And I am super stoked about that because like I said on the last show, I get sick of my own voice as much as I'm sure you guys do. So first thing I did, I now have the ability to do phone interviews. And so the first person I had to talk to was my best friend of over 10 years. Her name is Catherine. And she was my, she was my best waitress when I was managing the strip club. She was seriously the LeBron James of waitresses. She was awesome. When I, I would tell her like, hey, we need to hit this sales goal. She went out and she fucking nailed it. And because of that, she actually became one of my best friends. She and I have been through hell and high water together. And the best part of Kat, the, what I absolutely love about her is she is as sick and twisted as I am. <laughs> that club damaged both of us equally. I, I have said it before. I, I, I managed that club for five years, but it easily shaved seven years off my life. And so I had to call her. We had to exchange these stories. And for one, I'm going to tell you right now, um, strip club is not glamorous at all. Just it is not. If you go into a strip club as a customer, yeah, you guys think it's fucking great. We dedicated years of our life there. And I, I still have twitches. I really do. I, I still have nervous tics because of it. But because she and I share so many of these stories, uh, we were on the phone for two hours. Yeah, I am not going to make you guys sit through a two hour podcast. I am not Joe Rogan. So I'm going to break this up. This is going to be uh, Strip Club Stories with Catherine, part one. And what I'll do is I will break up part two, and I will, I will probably release that this weekend. But right now here is my best friend, Catherine. All right. I am here with best friend, Catherine. She has been my best friend of, we're going on 11 years now. Do you realize that? Is it, is it that long? Yeah, we will, we will have known each other 11 years in August. Oh, Jesus Christ. Because I got hired at the club, um, August of 2012. Yeah, I think I got hired that year in June. Actually, I'm I'm positive it was that year in June because it was like right when because I was in school at the time and that was right when my summer vacation started. Right, and I just remember I got hired. I think it was like my this was my definitely my first week, and there's this cute little emo girl just sitting on the on the curb waiting for her ride, and I'm like, "Are you okay?" And just, yeah, I'm just yeah, because. 
what, you were a lot guy at first. Yes, I got hired for. I say security because you know we're church it up, but no, it was, <laughs> the lot guy. We didn't we didn't do shit, but walk around the parking lot. We weren't technically allowed to do anything security wise. Right. So okay, I have been. I mean, I've been telling people these stories like forever, and you are the only person that can actually. You're the only person that I could think of that I would want to talk to, who could actually corroborate most of these. Because mm-hmm, I lived there, basically. I have said forever that forget what you've seen in TV, movies, and rap videos. Working at a strip club is not fucking glamorous at all. <laughs> no. In the oh least. Oh, my goodness. It is closer to high school, except adding you want to age everyone 10 years up and throw money and drug use into the, into the picture. That's pretty much what working at a strip club is like. Uh, no, you're exactly right. 100%. And do you, how, how much of this do you remember? Cause we've both been out of the club for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a decent amount still. That was like the foundation of my twenties that I worked there. I worked there for so long. It's my longest held job. So like Same. I can still just like completely remember, like I was thinking about it the other day. Like I have a perfect mental map of the club, just walking around in there. Like I can see the whole thing in my head still. Actually, I was just in there a couple months ago. They've remodeled. They have complete. Oh wow! Yeah. So remember, remember the porn theater? Uh, yeah. Otherwise known as places roaches wouldn't even go. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they've gotten rid of that. That that's completely gone. They've actually made that a VIP dance area. It kind of kicks ass now. Oh, okay. Yeah, Kira has like these shears that go like ceiling. I'm I'm sure they have uh, pressure washed and like just sterilized the entire environment because you had to. <laughs> you you have to. The amount of just pee that was back there. Oh my god. Okay, so for anybody listening, the porn theater was was that. It was a theater where you had six booths where guys would go in, they'd watch porn, they would jerk off, and they would leave. And then the main theater area had, oh God, it was like three leather couches, two leather recliners, nine plasma screen TVs, and just the most ridiculous amount of porn going on at any given time. And people would come in and they would literally spend all fucking day in that theater. Yeah, and we would let them use the bathroom in the main club, but most of them like just didn't want to leave the theater for any reason. Right. And for one thing, most of them were homeless. So they came in for our air conditioning. That's true. Yeah. It was what, $10 or something like that? It was was $10 all day. Yeah. And they would just come in. They would line up at noon. Like as soon as we opened at noon, there would be a fucking line of people waiting to get into the theater. I used to, cause I used to do admissions for a while and, uh, they were the first people that were in there. Like people weren't coming into the club at noon. People were just waiting outside to get into the theater at noon though. There would be like four or five regulars. And like, you got to know who they were eventually, but it was always funny because they could come and go all day once they bought that morning admission. So, you know, if they showed up at night when you were working there, you're like, Oh, I know you already paid. But also there was like people who would come in at like 7 PM and be like, yeah, I was here before. And you have to go get something. They're like, no, make him pay. My favorite were the people that would show up at noon, buy their ticket, leave, go get drunk or high, and then come back. 
Yep. Though they would. It makes the experience better, you know. They would. Here's my question: <laughs> If you come in at noon to buy your ticket at the porn theater, and then leave to get drunk or high, why didn't you just go get drunk or high first? And then, am I thinking? Well, because then they would have to talk to the admissions person while they were drunk or high. If they did it that way, they can just flash their ticket and walk right in. That that is true. That's an excellent point. Yeah. The people who come in like fucking heroin needles still in their arm, like they don't know I'm high. Bro, the needle yeah, still. No, of course not. <laughs> oh my God. Do you remember that one guy? There was a guy who came in and he was like clearly tweaking and he didn't want to buy admission to the club or admission to the theater, but there was blood coming out of his ears. Yes. And he kept asking people for money in the, uh, like in the little lobby area so that he could go into the porn theater. He was like asking other customers and he sat there and just like jabbed at me for like, an hour and a half or something like that. And everybody just thought it was funny before like anyone finally made him leave. And I just, I just got to talk to that man for you know, a good I, while. Yeah. I was the guy that made him leave. Yeah. <laughs> everyone else just thought it was funny. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going like, cause finally you guys called me up and cause I was manager at the time. Now this is no, and I'm not a lot guy. I'm actually managing now. You call <laughs> me up because he doesn't want to pay to get in the theater. He wants me to do him a solid and let him in for free. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I saw was he has fresh blood coming out of his left ear. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bro, are, are you okay? Do you, do you need an ambulance? No, 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 I'm fine. What I really need is for you to let me, you know, let me in for free. Yeah. And then when that didn't work, he started asking other like people who were trying to come into the club for a few dollars. And I'm like, dude, you can't do that. He was, do you remember? I finally asked him to leave and he tells me, he's like, okay, bro. Dude, I'll catch you outside. And I'm just like, you're already bleeding from the ear. Somebody already done whooped your ass. Yeah, he had he had a lot of bravado for somebody who looked 30 minutes away from a heart attack. Did you hear what happened to him? No. He got hit in the head with a wrench later that <gasps> night. What? Yes, later that night, uh, he, he uh, apparently he threatened to kick someone else's ass and they fucking hit him in the head with a wrench. Jesus Christ. I, yeah, you had already left. Um, I, I just remember hearing who was on the door. I don't remember who was on the door, but they're like freaking out. Like, Greg, there are lights and sirens outside. And I'm like, fuck. Because anytime the cops were called, the cops would show up. And once they heard strip club over the police band radio, six cars would show up. Mm-hmm. Because all the cops in town were like, oh, what's going on at the strip club? Yeah. And cops would cruise by for the next seven to 10 days easily. So Mm -hmm. every time the cops showed up, we would have cops just rolling by for like another week, week and a half. So whoever's on the door is freaking out. Like Greg, there's lights and sirens outside. I'm like, Oh fuck. What happened now? And I go running up. It's an ambulance. And they drove past the club into the alley behind the boutique. And so I went out to see what was wrong. And it was that same dude fucking bleeding from the head. And they're (laughs) loading him up on the, on the, the stretcher. Oh, my God. And I, I asked, I'm like, what happened? And like, well, you know, apparently there was a physical altercation. And, and he's saying that somebody hit him in the head with a wrench. And the dude, seriously, like, like somebody hit him like right in the forehead. This looked like a oh horror God. movie. Yeah. Jesus. And so they asked me if I knew him. And I was I told him, I was like, yeah, he was just panhandling in front of my club like two hours ago. Mm-hmm. And then what, you don't know him other than that? No, I just, first time I laid eyes on him was two hours ago. I said, but he was bleeding from the ear then. Also, why would they assume you know him? 
Because I was the only one that came out to check on him, I guess. I don't. I, I, I wasn't <laughs> the even checking only on, decent person. I wasn't even checking on him. I was checking on like why the fuck are there lights and sirens behind my club at nine mm-hmm. o'clock at night? What's going on? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that dude got hit in the head with a wrench. Uh, yeah, I. You know what? I I believe it. I talked to him long enough. I I'm not surprised that happened. Yeah, yeah. It was especially again. The last thing he said to me was, "I'll catch you outside," and then somebody tore off and whooped his ass two hours later. <laughs> I miss someone these, outside. I miss these stories. I really do. I don't miss working there. I miss no. the, I miss the paycheck. I don't. Were you there when Gia tried to stab Claire? Oh my goodness. Yes, I was there because she dyed her hair red. Yes. And Gia was the only one that was allowed to have red hair, so she tried to stab her. Oh, no, was no, that no, broken no, piece let's, of mirror? Let's clarify. Let's clarify. Gia said she was the only one allowed to have red hair. <laughs> yeah, that, yes. I, clarification is important. Gia said she was the only one who was allowed to have red hair. Nobody else was. By the way, at the time, I think I had my red hair then, but it was like a ginger color, and I was like, Gia's well, going to hurt me. The difference is your hair was like a... Your hair is not naturally red, but the hair color you had at the time looked naturally red. Yeah. She had fucking fire engine red hair. Mm-hmm. She was made to look like if Marilyn Monroe did a lot of drugs and was very, very like, like meth skinny, but also had fake boobs and dyed red hair. That's if, what Gia looked like. If Marilyn Monroe, Barbie and Marilyn Manson had a kid, it would have been Gia. Yes. That, yeah. Because she, number one, everything was fake on her. Oh, 100%. everything was fake. It's a stripper, but you know, big, big fucking surprise. But yeah, her, it's, her, I mean, nothing wrong with that, but she went far with it. Her hair color, her eyelashes, her boobs, her voice. She, oh my God. I forgot about that weird fake baby voice she did. Yes, she always had this squeaky, <gasps> nasally fucking baby oh, voice. Until she was angry and then she would drop it to like this baritone <laughs> bass tone that was like, had to be deeper than her real voice. But like the, like the switch that would flip on that and you're just like, oh God, I'm in danger. Yeah, which was, okay, I was there. Uh, let's see. I think I was, I was a manager for maybe six months at this point when... Gia goes to literally stab Claire. Well, it was a broken piece of a mirror, right? Because one of the mirrors was broken in the dressing room and she just snapped off a piece of it. No, 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 no. no. Oh, that's a different incident. Yeah, that was a different different incident. Gia traveled with her own piece of broken mirror. That's, that's right. (laughs) That was a thing. So the way the story unfolds, like we've already said, Claire had like, like kind of a like a darker blonde hair like she wasn't platinum blonde it was dark blonde hair and just decides she's gonna dye her hair the same color as Gia and post pictures to Instagram and Gia lost her shit all because now they had the same color hair and Gia is just posting I'm gonna gut you like a fish Oh, that's right. I still have her on Facebook. That account is dead. But every now and then, like, it'll pop up and like her birthday will pop up. And then Facebook will remind me that it's her birthday. And I remember she exists. And I get a little bit scared inside. That happened that her birthday was last I week. Saw, yeah, I saw all of those those posts when she made them. Yeah, that no, no, she because that popped up last week scared the shit out of me. Yeah, fucking scared the shit out of me because I haven't laid eyes on Gia in 10 years, eight years, whatever it's been. And so she posts, she's all over Facebook, all over Instagram talking about how she's going to gut Claire like a fish. 
And Claire, I, I, I like Claire, but Claire was not ghetto. Claire, no. Claire pretended to be ghetto. Claire was from, yes. Claire was from Michigan. And she always told people, oh, don't play with me. I'm from Detroit. Bitch, you're from Lansing, Michigan. You are not from Detroit. Don't fucking no. Stop. She was just this like stoner chick who was just like, yeah, whatever about everything. Yeah. Right. But here's the thing. Claire had a lot of ghetto friends and the, yes. mo- and the more ghetto the friend was, the more ghetto Claire did to blend in. Uh, yes. Until Gia threatened to gut her like a fish. And now all of a sudden Claire's like the fucking little girl with pigtails back in seventh grade. Like she's going to beat me up like <laughs> that. And this was going on. Like we were scared. Me, John and Claire and, and Kira, uh, all the managers were fucking terrified. Like w- what, what happens if like Gia fucking tears off and tries I'm to genuinely st- surprised you guys let her work that day. Well, we okay, so the way we did Kira said we're fine as long as they don't work the same shifts. Mm-hmm. If they're both working different shifts, it's no big deal. And I think Claire was more day shift at the time, Gia was more night shift, so it wasn't an mm-hmm. issue. And then one day Gia just fucking shows up at two in the afternoon and my asshole slams shut. I'm just like, oh fuck. Oh fuck, here it comes. And Gia, I watched her. She fucking walked up to Claire and just, oh my God, I love your hair. I don't know what all this drama is. I I love it. I think it looks great on you. And then she walked away. And Claire just looked at me. I've never seen somebody's eyeballs scream until Claire (laughs) looked at me like, what the fuck was that? And everything was fine. Like I called Kira, told her what was going on. Claire called Kira. Three other dancers called Kira. <laughs> like everybody hit me. <laughs> everybody went to red alert all of a sudden. And Gia, I, okay. I love Gia because Gia was good for like $3,000 a day. Oh yeah. Gia made money. Yes. Gia, that little meth head could fucking work her ass off. She was great because she would come out. She would sit with a dude. Next thing you know, she's got a dance. She would come back out after the dance, go into the back, go into the locker room. She'd freshen up, come back in, grab another dude, take him for a dance. And this just went on for like even on stage. She did really well. Yeah. This went on for hours. And so, yeah, Gia was good for like $3,000 a night. And I'm on bonus. So I'm, <laughs> I'm loving G at this point. And then she shows up, Claire's there. And at one point I walk into the dressing room and I've never seen a woman put on makeup angry. Like <laughs> I've never seen it. She, yep. She's putting on makeup, just, just, just rubbing it into her face. Like she's not applying it to her face. She's trying to apply it straight. She's to her putting skin. on war paint. Exactly. And I'm like, Oh shit. It's gone. It's on. It's fucking on. And then at one point she just walks into the dressing room, screams, where the fuck is Claire at? And this is like an hour after the, oh, hey, I don't know what all the drama's about. Bitch, you're what the drama's about. <laughs> you are the drama. Claire comes running out of the dressing room, jumps into the DJ booth with me and Jake and said, fuck it. I'm not going back in there. And I call Kira and Kira's like, you're going to have to tell Gia she has to go home. And wait, wait, I have to do it. Yep. 
She's like, I'm not doing it. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. And so I walk in and I told G, I said, listen, we can't have you here right now. Like, you're welcome to come back later tonight. I said, but I can't, I can't have you threaten to stab another one of my dancers on my shift. You want to come back? Right. I, I think I even said, you want to come back and stab her on John's shift? Go for it. As long as I'm not in the, <laughs> as long as I'm not in the building. Go. I don't want to do that paperwork. Yeah, exactly. Don't make me talk to the cops again. And um, so she like she's packing up her stuff and she's like, this is fucking bullshit. I don't fucking believe. And she's, you know, and she is, I don't remember how I got her out the door. I did some Jedi mind trick that got her outside the door. And at that point she lost her shit. And I, I seriously thought I was gonna have to punch Gia in the parking lot because she's screaming, she's yelling and she's walking up on me hard. You had to Jedi mind trick a couple of girls out of the club. That was half my job. Yeah. It really was. But this time. For a place they hated being, they really didn't want to leave. Right? <laughs> that job was like herding cats. It, it, was oh, like, God, yes. it was like herding angry cats. It really yeah. was. Me trying to get them to buy drinks from customers and them just resenting me for it. Because for whatever reason, they seemed to think I got a cut of that money and that I was edging in on 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 their money it was oh my god the, the the conspiracy theories that came out of the dressing room were fantastic but let's finish gia real quick <laughs> i get gia outside the building and i told her i said listen i'm sorry but at this point don't come back kira did not tell me this i flat out told her do not come back and uh she's like so i can't even go back inside if i have to go to the bathroom <laughs> i said nope sorry you are not allowed in this club anymore why not you threatened to stab. Oh, I skipped the best part. So Kira's telling me to get, get her out of the club. I don't care what you have to do. Get her out of the club. And Jake, you remember Jake's such a fucking nice dude. Mm -hmm. Jake was such a good dude. Jake says, why don't I take my lunch and I will take, I will drive her home. Oh, I remember this part. Cause I didn't, I wasn't there for the part where like you got her outside, but I remember Jake telling me about this later. Yes, Jake, such a good dude. He's willing to drive the psychotic bitch home on his lunch hour. And I'm like, dude, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Like I'll DJ for you. You know, obviously Jake walks mm -hmm. into the bathroom, walks into the, the locker room. Seriously. He's not in the room. Three seconds comes back out and goes, Nope, that bitch has a knife. <laughs> and I went, wait, what? And he says, no, no, it wasn't a knife. It was a broken piece of mirror. Yes. She had a broken piece of mirror in her right hand. She had a rock in her left hand and she is sharpening the, the piece of mirror because apparently glass needs to be sharpened. And yeah, of course it's not sharp enough. Exactly. And she's, and Jake said the look on her face was just fucking pure evil. Like the look on her face was straight out of a Sam Raimi movie as she's fucking just sharpening this piece of glass on a rock. Just looking like a Genji Ito character. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's when Kira's like, get her out. I don't care what you got to do. Get her out. So I trick her out of the building. And that's when she's like, so I can't even go back inside to go to the bathroom. I said, nope, you are not allowed in this back in this club at all. She's like, well, I should just fucking take a shit right here in the middle of the parking lot. And I'm thinking, oh my God, she's going to. She's fucking going to. Yeah. And I, 
Um, our lot guy showed up. Um, it wasn't Javi. Was it Javi? It, no, no, no. It was Javi's clone. Yeah. Yeah. Cause remember we hired Andrew. That's and right. Yeah. Andrew lasted maybe a month, month and a half. He, I, I don't have a lot of memories of him, but I do vaguely remember. Here's the best part of Andrew. Andrew shows up. We hire him. He works for like maybe a month, month and a half quits. We hire Javi. Javi and Andrew look so much alike that people kept mixing them up. People thought that's right. People thought Javi was there that whole time. Fucking uh, Ariel dated both Andrew and Javi, and she forgot which one was which. Her, <laughs> her, and she was. Well, that's not saying much. Yeah, she was saying she's <laughs> like she was like. Well, today's me and Javi's uh, three month anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, Ariel, he's he's only worked here a month. <laughs> and the oh shit look on her face like oh fuck that was Andrew wasn't it <laughs> yeah cause I I remember that Javi didn't work there the first time I worked there and then I left and I took like a year off and I went back and he was there then yeah it was we so, hired, we hired Andrew and then we and then Andrew quit and we hired Andrew's clone Javi and Javi was there fucking the, the, the next five years as long as I was there yep but uh, Andrew shows up and I went Oh, uh, dude, I got a job for you. I got a job for you. Here, I hand him the keys yep. to the van. <laughs> and he, I was like, drive this bitch anywhere she wants to go. Yep. And she's like, take me to the exotic kitty. Take me to the kitty. I'll, I'll go to the kitty. They always used to threaten that when like things weren't going their way at the club. He's like, well, I'll just go work at the kitty. And no, okay. here, no, no. Here, here's where this gets hilarious. I said, Andrew, um, I really hate to lose Gia, but go ahead and drive her to the kitty. Because this is four o'clock in the afternoon. The kitty doesn't open till seven. <laughs> oh, I remember that. So, I remember yeah, you telling me you yeah, did that. So you drop her off the door. As soon as she closes the door behind her, you fucking floor it and get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Let her figure out what to do in the parking lot for the next three hours. Oh, my gosh. Bitch. <laughs> yeah, that was... How many stripper fights were there? Oh, my goodness. Oh, so many between each other. And then they would get in fights with their customers. And then they would get in fights with, like, there was, like, rivalries with the waitresses. And then there were one, there were fights with, like, dancers and managers. Like, so many. There was at least one fight, like, I, I want to say a week. And I only know that because I had to clean up the blood from that half the time. I, I cleaned up so much blood off of that stage and out of that dressing room. It is absolutely insane. This was, um, I want to say my favorite, my favorite stripper fight was Luna and Diana. Were you there for that one? Wait, or? when did, I don't think I was. Like, oh. I, I, I know Luna and I know Diana. I don't remember them fighting. It wasn't much of a fight. Diana did her best. That was okay. You remember Luna? Yeah. L Luna, super sweet. She was the she was the nice she was like a little on the older side and she was genuinely really really nice. She did her where was she from? Cuz I remember she I spoke like nearly no English. She was from from uh Mexico. She was from uh Tijuana. Gotcha. Yeah, I knew I knew it was somewhere around there. Did she you... was like the nicest girl. She always wore the 10-inch heels like the taller ones than everybody else because she was so little. She okay, so she comes in to audition and Kira and I are like, no, 
Like that's a hard no. Yeah. And then I could see that. Yeah. And cause she was this like older Mexican lady. She had to be in her forties then. Yeah, men, like at least I I want to buy I'd put her closer to fifty when I was there. Oh, easily, no, easily. no, I, I'm being nice because I'm being nice yeah. in the forties. Okay. And so she comes into audition and she is in like a fucking tracksuit. She's in sweats, got her hair like she's got her hair up under her hat, and no makeup on. Mm-hmm. And Kira and I are just like, oh, this is a hard no. This is definitely a hard no. But you have to let them audition. Mm-hmm. So she went into the, the bathroom, ma- did her makeup, did her hair, came out, and we're like, this is not the same chick. Yeah, like, yeah. She she cleaned up really nice. I don't know what kind of George Lucas makeup magic she had going on, but that was, <laughs> yeah, there was just this transformation. And so she comes out, she's on stage, and she made, like, on a day shift, like $30 or $40 just in tips on an audition. Yeah. And so Kira and I are like, oh, we, we kind of have to sign her. And yeah, she was super sweet. Awesome to get along with. Really hard to understand half the time because my Spanish sucks. Yeah. And her, her um, normal routine, her normal routine was she would work for us until 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. She would drive down to L.A., work at mm-hmm. a club down in L.A. till like 10 or 11 or, you know, the next day. They tend to be open here until like five or six, depending on the day. But sometimes they'll stay open later if there's money being made. Okay. Yeah. She told me she would work until like nine or 10, 10 or 11, whatever she said. Um, Again, hard to understand. So, and then she would drive down (laughs) to Mexico, work in a club in TJ for, you know, 10 hours, whatever, and then drive all the (laughs) way back and do this thing all over again. Oh, wow. I didn't know she actually went all the way down there for that. I knew yeah. she was coming to L.A., but oh, man, yeah, that's no, a drive. Yeah, she did this. Like, this was a loop for her, and she would do this loop two, three times a week. Yeah. And so, anyway, the fight between Diana. You remember, Diana was just a bitch. Diana was just a pain in the fucking ass. Which one was Diana? Can you describe her? Because I remember that name and I know who you're talking about, but I can't put a face the, to a name right now. The roller derby chick. The uh, t- tall, straight hair. Um, dark brown hair. Yes. Long hair. Yes. Very, like, okay. I Di- think I remember because she was friends with, with like John or one of the managers or something like that too. And She was like, she ran in Houston's group. She was that, like, yeah, she was part of Houston's group. Okay. And, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Now. And Diana, Diana and I, I knew she and I weren't going to get along for my first week as a manager. She showed up two hours late on her scheduled day. Mm-hmm. And then when, when I docked her for, for showing up late, she throws this fucking temper tantrum talking about, you know what? We're the talent here. Without us, you got nothing. You're going to sit here. <laughs> Girl, and pre- you're a day shift person. Yeah. It, <laughs> bitch, the only reason you work at day shifts because you can't make money when the customers are here on night shift. Mm-hmm. But she, she actually told me, she said, we're the money here. Without us, you've got nothing. And I told Great, her, we'll pay your fee if it's not such a problem for you. If you're coming up with all this money, what, I told what's her, the issue? I, I told her, I said, well, that's, that's a really interesting theory. Why don't you quit and see how long it takes us to go out of business? <laughs> and she never pulled that we are the money bullshit ever again. And so anyway, Diana, they would always remember how they used to bully the new girls, the new dancers. 
Yes. Like the ones that had been there. That group specifically did. Exactly. Yeah. And so Luna came in and Luna was just making bank. So of course, every day shift girl, I think with the exception of Jill, every other one hated her. Mm -hmm. And because Jill doesn't hate anybody. Fucking Jill's a sweetheart. And um, so anyway, Luna's getting off stage. Diana's going up on stage. And Luna comes down off the stage. She comes off the steps. She takes like two or three steps to the the right to let Diana go up the steps to get on stage. Mm -hmm. Diana makes it a point to hip check Luna. Oh, I remember. He, I wasn't there when this happened, but I was told about this later. Diana hip checks Luna and Luna falls down. Remember, Luna had those big tenon shields like you brought up earlier. Yeah, yeah. Luna gets up and goes up and grabs Diana by the bottoms, grabs her by her fucking underwear, <laughs> pulls her off the stage and proceeds to like, she gave Diana a prison beating. She beat her ass. And I'm just now realizing I wasn't here for this fight. I had to bring it up on the security cameras. That's right. I think that's why I remember. I think you showed me. Yes. I just realized. You showed me all the fun fights. Yeah. Cause I, I've, <laughs> well, Kira and the rest of the managers didn't know how to work the security system. Mm-hmm. And I'm a tech nerd. Like you, you put, you sit me down and I'll fucking tinker around with something until I figure out how it works. And right. so Kira, I remember Kira is like, you need to figure out how the, how the cameras work. And so I remember there were three different hard drives with, you know, connected to like 17, 18 different cameras. And I brought this fight up and I just sat there and I laughed my ass off watching, watching her get her ass beat. Mm-hmm. Diana was on the ground. Luna's on top, beating the shit out of her. Jose was manager at the time. He comes running over. He, Luna just got up, went and sat in a chair and just sat there with her arms and legs crossed while Jose picks Diana up off the ground. <laughs> and Diana's all stumbling around. Mm-hmm. Fucking, fucking looking like, look like uh, Rocky Balboa at the end of the first movie. He's just like stumbling around and shit. <laughs> It was fucking oh, so great. Good. I took. I remember taking that video, and I put. Spe- okay. I, I put special effects, and I put the the Mortal Kombat uh, theme song <laughs> over the top of it, and I showed it to everybody. Kira got. Yeah, upset I think that's the that. one that I saw. Yeah. So yeah, that was the that was the Luna Diana fight. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. What were you there? What was her? Was Lilia? Was that her name? When the one the one who hit the customer in the head with her shoes. Lily, wasn't it Lily? No, Lily was the little um, Filipino girl. Yeah, L- yeah, yeah. Lilia was. Lilia, Lilia I. Th- you know what? It that might- sounds familiar. I remember somebody hitting a customer with their shoes, but I don't remember who it was or why. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> I, I remember this story because again, I wasn't there for oh. this one, but John filled me in on this one. So what happened was Lilia comes out of a dance, got her shoes in her hand. There's a customer who's standing in the middle of the show floor facing the stage. Lilia thought it was a, would be a good idea to walk up behind him and just shove two fingers up his butt. Oh. Yeah, that happened. Because, you know, why not? Yeah. He, all he knows is there are two fingers in his butt. So he just swipes the hand away, <laughs> doesn't even know who it is. 
Like he, mm-hmm. the hand swipes behind him before he turned around, hits Lilia's hand. Lilia got upset that somebody dare strike her. So she swings her shoes, hits this guy on the left side of the head. Busts, That's right. Busts him open. That's right. Yeah. And so, I mean, managers are just freaking out. Like Lily is gone at this point. Cause at this yeah. point she's assaulted a customer. She, uh, she is possibly going to, this guy's going to sue us mm-hmm. because it wasn't like, it wasn't like he was doing something to her. So she decided to defend herself with her shoes. No, she went, no, she started it. She's like, I'm going to put my fingers in your butt. He's like, I don't like fingers in my butt. She's like, fuck you. And she hits him with a, with a pair of shoes. Yep. Yeah. That was pretty much what happened. So that was the last time Lily was, was allowed back in the club. That's I rem. This is another story that I heard secondhand, but I do remember that one. Oh my God. There was so much. I, you Who, know, there, there was one fight that I'm, I'm sure you remember this, but I'm going to need you to fill me in on some of the details. Cause I forget. Um, there was something going on with, I want to say Violet and somebody else and, or maybe it wasn't that group, but they trapped her in the bathroom and like tried to beat her up. I don't remember this one. Yeah, there was, I can't remember exactly what happened. I just remember I was there when it happened. There was a fight going on. There was, so it, it involves like three dancers. Two of them are friends. Um, the third one did something to one of them. So they waited until she went in the bathroom and they cornered her in there, beat the shit out of her. Oh shit. I don't remember this one. Mm-hmm. That one. Oh God. Yeah. No, I, I, I'd like to think I'd remember that one. That was on, it was on one of my mid shifts. So it was like on a weekday, but I can't remember. They were like arguing in the dressing room and eventually, yeah, they, they went in a trap room and they just beat the shit out of her. Oh my God. I wish, I, I, I wish, I, I wish I knew who this was. I can't remember. I think it, Kira, Kira was manager on that shift. But I, the weird thing was, I remember they let all three of them stay for whatever reason. Like they didn't get rid of any of them. That was the amount of shit that happened and people got to keep their jobs. Oh yeah. They like Kira didn't want to fire anybody because she didn't want the unemployment. She didn't want to let go of dancers who were making money. So like you could pretty much do whatever well, you wanted well, there. No, here was, here was the problem was that Kira didn't want to get, it's not, it wasn't that Kira did not want to get rid of dancers. That's absolutely hundred percent false. There were dancers <laughs> Kira could not stand, mm-hmm. but when we'd get rid of them, they would call Kira's boss. They would call Chris and Chris would just bring them back. That's right. And so that's right. Yeah. There was, there was the time I caught low with an eight ball in her purse. And I went, you're mm-hmm. out of here. You're done. Don't come back. Mm-hmm. Wait, you actually caught her with that? Everybody yes. knew she used to just go in the bathroom and lock herself in a stall and do all of that and pass out. And that back stall, would be occupied for like hours at a time. And there'd be like four of us who needed to pee and we'd be so pissed. Yeah. And so I, so she went into the bathroom. Um, dance, I remember those dancers or waitresses came up and told me, they said, she's got an eight ball in her purse. She's got something in her purse. They didn't say specifically, but like she had something in her purse. And mm-hmm. I remember I was, um, I called her in the office and I told, I bluffed her. I bluffed and she folded. I said, mm-hmm. Hey, I already know what you have in your purse. I said, trust me, you've already been ratted out. 
So you want to show me your, show me what's in there. Or you want to leave. What do you want to do? And she's like, well, I'm just leaving. And she walked mm-hmm. out. And so she was back the next day. And, Cause she left. I told Kira, Hey, here's what I heard. This is, you know, I went to confirm her for confirm it with her. And she basically said, yeah, it's true. I'm just going home. And so I was like, I, I told Kira, I said, I turned her contract. Mm-hmm. So she's back the next day. And I told Kira, I'm like, I was pissed. I was really pissed. Cause I told mm-hmm. Kira, I'm like, what the fuck? Well, like, I remember you guys were trying to get rid of Lo for a while because like everybody knew what she was doing in the bathroom, but just nobody could like prove it. Yeah. Even though like she was passing out in the bathroom stall for hours at a time. I remember you guys like, and she like wasn't even making money there for a little bit. And I remember you guys wanted her gone. Right. And here's the part that, pisses me off it was my fault she was still there it was wait what do you mean it was my fault she was still there because i stuck up for her when i was like a brand new manager i was only there like six or eight months and Mm. you know how you know how all the contracts expired in january yeah and then we had to re-sign them okay i remember that was a big process every year right and so the first year i'm there contracts expire because i got again i got hired in august I was a manager by October, November. Mm-hmm. So when the contracts expired in January, the managers are all having this kind of big powwow about who do we want to keep and who don't we want to keep. Mm-hmm. And when it came up uh, to low, I, I remember telling Kira, I said, well, she's, she's really white trash cute. So that's, that's yeah. in her favor. And Kira's like, well, because uh, Kira was on the fence about letting her go or keeping her. And, mm-hmm. and because I said she's white trash cute, Kira's like, okay, we'll keep her. And that was like half the demographic. Pretty much. Yeah, it's Bakersfield. Yeah. And so like from that point on, it was impossible to get rid of her. Gotcha. And by the, by, <laughs> by the time my third or fourth year there, when she's just an utter pain in my ass, I was just thinking like, I saved your fucking job. Why? Yep. Why did I save your job? This is, this makes no sense to me at all. But anyway, when she came back, um, when she came back or, uh, after I let her go, you know, when we busted her, mm-hmm. I asked Kira, I'm like, what the fuck? What? Like I bust her with an eight ball in her wallet, in her purse. This was the reason we finally had to get rid of her. Why is she back? Yeah. And Kira looking just as angry as I was said she called Chris and Chris brought her back. Uh, so, right. yeah, I mean, the dancers who were just a giant pain in the ass, they would, we'd get, we'd try to get rid of them and then they would call Chris and Chris would be like, and Chris was, Chris was banging half of them. So he yep. would, yeah. So he'd be like, okay. And call Kira and say, yeah, bring that one back. So it completely undermined us as managers. We couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, those dancers did pretty much whatever the fuck they wanted, like all of the time. And it was just, yeah, it was a giant pain in the ass because like, how do you run a club as a manager? How do you run a club when you're constantly being overruled from somebody who's never in the club? Right. Yeah. He didn't know anything about like the dynamics or what went on. He just knew, oh yeah, she's, she's sleeping with me. So let her stay. She gives me what I want. Give her what she wants. Oh my God. Do we want to get into Chris? (laughs) Oh, so Chris was a fun one. Chris was a fucking retard. Uh, 
Chris was my boss's boss. And my boss, Kira, was fantastic. She was great. She made that job look easy. Oh, yeah. Kira was phenomenal. I was there five years. To this day, I still don't know how she made it look so easy. I've never had a better manager than Kira, to be completely honest. Same. Absolutely the same. And the problem was that Kira's boss, um, Chris Krantz, and I'll leave that in. I don't give a shit. He can't not like you fire me twice. And um, (laughs) so he was only there because his dad was high up in the company. Oh, I always wondered. Is that why? That's why. Yeah. That's he was terrible. I always wondered why he was still there. Yeah. His dad was like third highest on the chain of command for the entire company. Oh, and so, gotcha. Yeah. And so they so, gave him Bakersfield? Well, they gave him everything <laughs> from Stockton to San Diego. Yeah, he had, he had, uh, the Deja Vu in Hollywood was his. When I worked there, I used to see him a lot. Yeah, he had everything from, from Sacramento and Stockton all the way down to San Diego. Every club, <laughs> for every, every club the company owned from, San Di- or from Sacramento to San Diego, he ran. Mm-hmm. And he based himself out of Ontario. So it, that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, he wasn't in the club more than once a month, if that. Yeah. I, I didn't see him super often. He was in the Hollywood one a lot more. Um, when I worked there, he was there probably once a week or once every other week. He was there a lot. Yeah. Cause he lived in Ontario. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what an hour drive. If that. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. And so, but he was, the owners hated him. I remember going to lunch with um, Doug. Doug was one of the owners. And mm-hmm. Doug hated Chris. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, you own the club. Why don't you get rid of him? And that's when Doug confirmed. He's like, well, his, his dad's high up in the company and his dad won't let anything happen to Chris. Mm-hmm. But Chris is the one... Every idea that came out of Chris's head was absolute, just dumb fuckery. And, yep. but he was convinced they were brilliant. Yep. Remember, remember bottle service? Yeah. Okay. Chris had this idea. He went to the dollar store and got these light up sunglasses and wanted the dancer or one of the waitresses to wear them when, when they got, when someone got bottle service. I vaguely remember that. And I said, no, everybody said no. Yeah. I never did it. Kira and I hated the idea. We thought it was absolutely stupid. We were already doing like the sparklers. We're already doing like the little glow stick things. We're like, you didn't need that. It was stupid. And so what Chris had this great idea of, Hey, why don't they wear these light up sunglasses? And I'm like, bro, this isn't a kid's birthday party. Right. It's, it's, it's a gentleman's club. Like, can we class it up just a bit? What do you think? And Chris, another brilliant idea of Chris's was the car wash. Well, I did something really stupid and got a piercing at one of those because there was a piercing booth. <laughs> well, here was, here was the thing with the, with the car wash was the car wash itself was great. Car mm-hmm. wash itself was fun. Everyone had a blast. Everyone mm-hmm. looked forward to it every year. But, oh, you might have been gone. You so let me tell you my story okay. about the car wash. Um, it w- we had it the first year that I was there. And then I left for a year. And when I came back, 
basically every year around that time of year, I get super excited and I would go around and ask, I'm like, are we doing the cart wash this year? And you, every year be like, no drought. <laughs> I was so upset every single year. Like I kept pushing to do this fucking car wash because I actually liked doing those. And I, like I got to do one and then the drought kicked in. Yeah, I think I only did one or two. But um when the drought kicked in, we were not allowed like Bakersfield was super strict on the water restrictions. Yeah. They were in Cal State Bakersfield got a ticket for watering their soccer fields. Mm-hmm. Like that's how, that's how strict this was. We're like, Oh, if, if the four year university is getting a ticket, the, the strip club is definitely going to get a ticket for Absolutely. doing a car wash. And so I remember Kira was like, what do we do? We don't have, we don't have a car wash this year. What are we going to do? And I told her, I said, I pitched this idea. What about the summer barbecue? I <laughs> said, we do the exact same things as we do at the car wash, we have the cars come out. We have a DJ, we have food booths, we have, you know, dancers outside. We have everything we normally do without the car wash. Mm-hmm. I said, well, you know, maybe we'll get four or five, uh, uh, food trucks out here, have mm-hmm. them, have them crank up the menu by maybe a buck or two on each item. And then mm-hmm. that excess gets donated to charity. Like we did every year. Mm-hmm. And Kira's like, I like that. That's a, that's a great idea. She, yeah. pitched, she pitched the idea to Chris. Chris didn't like it. Chris said, I have a better idea. Why don't we have a reverse car wash? And I asked Kira, what the fuck is a reverse car wash? And Chris's idea was these guys bring their cars in. The dancers smear chocolate and jelly all over their cars what and, a terrible idea. And they pay for that. No. <laughs> this, in Bakersfield heat, that's going to like dry into concrete on your car immediately. I told Kira, this is, this is one of many times I told Kira, how does this guy have a better job than us? How <laughs> does this guy make more money than us? Yeah, I didn't hear about that idea. Oh, yeah, that was, that was his bright idea was the reverse car wash. I told Kira, I said, Kira. Um, what, let, let's, let's break down the economics of this. Uh, we're going to charge what? 10, 15 bucks for each, for these guys to bring their cars in, have the dancers smear chocolate and jelly and whipped cream and whatever fucking other thing Chris has in, in mind. Then these guys have to go to an actual car wash to get, get all this crap off their cars. Yeah. I said, they're going to end up spending more money getting the stuff off their cars than they will to let us put on their cars. Yeah. And you remember how nice these cars were like Bakersfield, oh, brought, yeah. Bakersfield brought out their Like they brought out the nicest cars for these car wash. Yeah, they definitely did. They bought up, they brought out like the show cars for this. Yeah. And Chris wanted to smear jelly and chocolate all over them. No, that's not happening. Yeah. Oh my God. So when I heard he got fired, I was so thrilled. Yeah, I was about to be like, that must have been after I left because I didn't hear about that. Did that actually take place? No, no. Thankfully, we, okay. did, we did not do that. That's so stupid, though. The barbecue would have been such a good idea. Right? I mean, it was. it's basically what we did anyway. We had Yeah, like, just we, without the water restriction. We had dancers outside. We had live music. We had you know, guys in nice cars. And there was already mm-hmm. like a food truck or two out there. Yeah. Just double the number of food trucks and we call it a barbecue. How hard is this? 
Yeah, that would have been literally perfect. Yeah, but this was this was what it was like working for Chris Kronz. Yeah, I'm gonna use his whole full fucking name, and I'm not editing it out. Fuck you, Chris. <laughs> I'm glad you got fired. I'm glad your wife cheated on you, and I'm glad it caused you to get fired because of it. Fuck you. Oh, we haven't even started on Joy. Oh my god, I hated Joy. Yeah, Joy was Chris's wife. Joy had no affiliation with the club, but for some reason she made all the decisions. Didn't she do stuff with the boutique? Why do I remember that? She was the manager of the boutique. Gotcha. Boutique manager was the only job she hadn't fucked up yet. Gotcha. Because not only did we hate Joy, Don, Chris's dad, the one who kept Chris employed, hated Joy. Mm-hmm. Joy had been, rumor has it she was a dancer. I don't, I can't confirm this. Gotcha. But, I think I heard that at one point. But Kira confirmed that she was a waitress. She was a hostess. She was a manager. And apparently she sucked at all of them. Really? Being a waitress, I can fully attest, is not hard. All right, everybody. Um, due to some technical difficulties, we actually had to cut the, cut the call short right there. Uh, I do end up calling Catherine back. And we went, went on for like another hour. But um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break this up there. This is going to be the end of part one. And if you want to know about the end of that story, uh, Joy was basically a twat. That's what it came down to. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to post this part, this, this part one. I will get to editing and I will probably post part two on Friday. So yeah, I am Greg Hernandez, the Ninja Nerd Warrior. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Fuck, it's late. Anyway, if you like this show, you can find me on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can find me on Amazon Music, and you or you can go straight to the source, NinjaNerdWarriorPodcast.com. Anyway, I'm gonna cut it there, and you'll hear from me on Friday. They won't do, I need a girl that's kind of frisky. Drinking with the fellas, taking shots and getting tipsy. Always want to party cause she's sexy as hell. And if I ever get in trouble, bailing me out of jail. Cause she a stone cold stunner. Hotter than the summer when she step up in the club. Every man and woman want her. She make me want to get a triple pull up in my home. Cause a porn star dance and it's got me in the zone. She drops that dress around